0: Welcome to What's Next, the podcast where we talk to global leaders in hospitality and learn what's happening now and what's next for tomorrow. I'm your host, Tarek Mallet, founder and CEO at Moby, the digital partner of hospitality. In this episode, I chat with Petra Arrhenius, general manager at Peanut, who recently just opened their 12th store in Penrith, Australia. We discuss how Peanut has maintained their competitive edge through their authentic flavors, which has allowed them to expand rapidly in the Australian market. Petra discusses the post-pandemic pressures that force them to improve their digital presence, as well as the opportunity to potentially look at expansion through cloud kitchens. We also discuss the ongoing staffing shortages impacting the industry, and how Peanut has put their best foot forward to navigate these uncertain times. I can't wait for you to hear this episode with Petra. Thanks for joining Petra, and uh, excited to have you here today and talk more about the Peanut journey. But before we do, we'd love to learn a little bit more about you, understand your role at Peanut, how you came to be at Peanut, because you've got some extensive industry experience from your time at Sumo Salad, the likes of Cranitis and Hallmark Group. So would love to understand your journey in hospitality.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. And I can understand it's a bit confusing having a Swedish person working for a Thai chain in Australia. So that is interesting in itself. So I immigrated to Australia 15 years ago with my family and I was actually head of, of the fifth largest advertising agency back in Sweden. So I did a 360 degrees when I moved to Australia, I decided to go into retail first and then I joined, as you said, Sumo Salad and Cornelius and Hallmark and now I'm the general manager at Peanut Street Noodles.
0: Fantastic. And I should say congratulations because I understand you've just opened a, a new store in Penrith. What number is this?
1: This is number 12 and we are, you know, 100% company owned. So this is our 12th store and we've been wanting to be in Penrith for quite a long time and fingers crossed, but after the first week, it seems like it was a good choice.
0: Amazing. And I can can just imagine the the trials and tribulations of, of opening a store at the moment during these extraordinary times with COVID.
1: Yes, it's been a bit of a challenging and some part of me thinks that some people are also have an excuse to blame COVID for things not being turned up in time as well. Of course, it has an impact on things being delayed, but it's also a good excuse for construction work and not showing up on time on site, etc. But finally, we made it and it's our biggest site ever. It seems like it's a dependent population and public's been responding well to it.
0: Amazing. Well, look, congratulations again, because that's 12 locations, I think, sort of the brand started out when you're only three locations and would love to hear a little bit about the founding story of Peanut and how that first store came about.
1: It's quite cute with the peanut, actually, the name behind Peanut. It's not that we sell peanut dishes in our store. It's actually our group head chef's name is Nut. And in Thailand, you put a P in front of Nut, which means respect and, you know, the brother and sister. So hence this, the name is Peanut. So all our dishes are inspired by group head chef, how he learned how to cook when he was six years old from his grandmother's stall in Bangkok. So we've been taking his, you know, authentic recipes and made the sauces, which is quite unique, I think for an Asian company in Australia. We've been taking these sauces and made them together with chef and a Michelin star chef, Shampoo in Thailand, producing them from scratch in a Thai factory using up to 22 ingredients and then shipping the sauces to Australia where we use all other local fresh produce and cooking them from scratch here. So it is that authentic real street store meeting Michelin star and coming to Australia.
0: That's an amazing story. And I love the fact that the sauces are still made traditionally in Thailand. And I suppose that speaks to your somewhat of your secret sauce. And in a competitive market that hospitality is, and especially in Australia at the moment, what do you think differentiates peanut and what do you think those other pieces of the secret sauce are?
1: Yeah, so I think one of the factors I was amazed when I moved here to Australia, it's like a Thai store in every corner and they all have really beautiful food. So for us to be so competitive and so successful, we needed to find that consistency. So people yes, they will get that experience, but they also get that consistency and competitive prices. So we're almost like an Asian McDonald's in the way how we have set up our operations in the kitchen. So we're very digitalized and, and tech savvy and we're also making sure that we have our own patent way on how the kitchen operates and how it's layout, which means that we have a really smooth operations. We outsource everything that could be cut in other places and making sure that we are not putting extra burden on our staff. And what they just do, getting these sauces that are made from scratch and then just adding these beautiful local beef, chicken, and produce vegetables and cooking it quickly to their customers that get that consistency. So the other thing is if you go into a peanut at the rocks or to the penrith, the pad thai will taste the same. So in that way, we are the Asian McDonald's. So wherever you go, we have that consistency. So the customer can really trust us. So we have that brand, we have that trust, and we have that consistency taste. Another things that we've done that's very, very strong for us, we have really created that single view of the customers and put all our data in what we call in, in HubSpot and making sure that we really segmented by demographic, customer behavior, and customer preferences. So all our communication has been really, really targeted, which has really helped us during this COVID time as well.
0: Yeah, I'd love to dig into that a little bit more because the move to this digital transformation and you talk to the executives at a lot of these brands like yourselves and that guest experience is something that really keeps them up at night and how to engage with that guest. Could you take us on a bit more of a journey about how you're using data to not only collect information so you can tailor the experience to guests, but how you're then reaching out to them from a marketing perspective and engaging with them over their lifetime? So, so
1: what we've seen is to, with our customers is once we've started to create and collecting them and knowing who they are, where they are, and what they shop, and this is something that everyone talks about, but they're actually not managing to actually reach out to these customers with the relevant message. So if you are a vegan person, you will only get vegan, you know, communication from us at Peanut. We also have been using, if I am a Pad Thai lover, we managed to making sure that we optimizes that menu and the messages for that particular person to making sure that they were more likely to click and order by our own e-commerce platform together with you guys and also our white label delivery for DoorDash. So really making sure that, and once they had ordered from us, once we have been setting up this, how was your experience with us? And I think that's quite unique as well. So uh, first time they are, you know, shopping with us, they get a message straight away and see how was your experience? And if they are happy, we are rewarding them to give us a positive review. If they're not happy, we're reaching out to them within 24 hours and offering them another try. Or if they just need happy, we're saying, how can we make this experience more better? We also put in place, because people trust people, so during this COVID period, we have really worked with our peanut lovers, that we call them, to encourage them to refer to a friend and being rewarded by doing so. And that's also been extremely successful.
0: I love the concept of peanut lovers. And you touched on that a lot of people talk about doing this guest engagement and investing in the guest experience, but a lot don't do it well. And I'd love to hear about some of the challenges you've found as you've gone on this journey with the guest experience and what hasn't worked out as well as you'd hope and some of the lessons you've
1: learned. I think the, that's the challenge for all of us. Now with people have, you know, they have these convenience routes that they've gone through, particularly, you know, stimulated by COVID. And one of the things that we are Honouring ourselves is is giving people that experience when they're coming in store, transforming them to the street of Asia. How do you actually get them to get that feeling by getting a delivery home to the the sofa or the dinner table? So that is one of the biggest challenges we have. And we, we haven't been able to, beside the packaging and the food, we are lucky because Asian food and Thai food transport quite well. I would say actually better than pizza. It stays hot for a long time. but you don't get that feeling. So moving forward, you know, we are discussing how can we work with more all the senses, you know, like how can we bring things together with that and creating that experience at home in a better way. So that is, you know, one of the challenges. And also people are comparing, they've been so spoiled with Uber Eats and, you know, Amazon. So the bar of how things should smooth less work is set very high. And we are not a tech company, you know, we're 12 restaurants. So how can we compete with that and making sure that their is as smooth for us because the expectation is very high with Uber Eats coming in and, and taking 30% of the profit and being very high on the aggregators as well and, and the experience they have delayed and customer has got the food delayed. So it's, it's a lot of those... the customer's expectation is set high and we haven't been able to fulfill those customers experience and i think that's been challenging for us and we've been trying to see how can we make the experience transport better by bringing music playlists sense or whatever it might be and how can we also control the full customer journey when it comes to have our own delivery white label and making sure that we can have a good experience in that view
0: those those customer experiences have only increased and also the way that customers are interacting with brands now has certainly changed and how from a marketing perspective are you finding engaging with customers has changed and the advent of social and instagram and TikTok and the likes and are these things that you're using actively at the moment with peanut to engage with customers yes
1: so digital being uh, fundamental for us people spend more time than ever when they're home on these you know platforms as you mentioned So for us to be, you know, like strong on TikTok and, you know, the food talk has been extremely important and having these influencers coming in and take away or getting food delivered to them and sharing that experience. And it's been extremely important. All our, Social ads and SEOs and all of that's been very, very important uh, to be successful and targeting people and retargeting people. So that's just been, you know, something that's always been a rather, but we've invested much more and done it much more clever during this period of time.
0: And there's a lot of that being driven by COVID and just the change in consumer behavior and just the nature of the industry and I guess the hit that it's taken from COVID. How has that changed Peanut's strategy and how have you coped with the last 18 months and everything that's thrown at the industry? The
1: COVID's been, you know, as I said, we have been forced to doing, you know, like everything for takeaway or, or when they can't, dine mean, you know, order at the table and been trying to optimize the digital aspect of it much more and also being much more clever in the data strategy by understanding. Our customers and customers' life cycle and communicating with them uh, a bit better. But I think the biggest challenge actually in COVID is the staff issue, the back and forth and the closing and not closing. So we took early on a strategy that we would remain all our stores to be open and remain our staffs. We've been lucky because we've been loyal to them and then therefore they are loyal to us now. And I think that's been one of our success factors because staff shortage is the biggest impact for our industry at this time.
0: Staff shortages have been a constant pain point in the industry, but no more now than ever with COVID, just the impact of, to your point, the opening and the closing and the uncertainty for staff about whether they will have a pay pack the next week. And it sounds like that's something you've thought about really carefully. And how do you see that progressing now? We see stores reopening, vaccination rates increasing, what do you think the next 12 to 18 months look like and do you think those staff shortages will ease?
1: Yeah, I think it'll last at least you know another you know 8 months and it's like a bidding game on staff so you know like and we are a low margin business so we can't afford to pay those high you know rates that's not a sustainable business model. So people are paying more for staff just to be able to be open. But because we have, you know, been loyal to them in the beginning and a model that we also have is some of our venue manager has a part, a percentage in their store as well. So they have a little bit more commitment in making sure that those family values are really working well. So if we can't compete with money, we need to make sure that we compete with those family cultures and values and that people feel that we will be here for them in the long run and they are here for us in the long run. So that's had been our success during this COVID to make sure that we can maintain staff during this period of time.
0: That's amazing. And focusing on the people and those values play such a huge role And and I think we were talking before the show that all of the stores are, are corporate owned. Um, rather than franchised and has that been a, a deliberate decision and how does that play out?
1: Yeah, I mean I know that um, our CEO Anko has been making sure that the business could be in franchisees ready and the reason for that is more to making sure that we have the processes and training process that's neat if you're taking the leap to be franchised but we have been taking a decision, you know, that we will be corporate owned and making sure that we own that uh, quality control and the brand control and, and making sure that the culture is what we want it to remain. To answer your question, I think um, franchise is really good if you want to grow really quickly. But if you want to grow the brand and become a really strong brand and do what our future lays within to optimize our assets by adding more cloud brands and working a little bit more in the future to be with more collaborations and expanding the brand to sub-brands, I think then it's very important that you own the brand that we have done.
0: And helping those managers be owners as well, obviously been a successful strategy.
1: Yes, that means that they are taking a partnership and making sure that they are feeling, you know, the successes, you know, it's a win-win. If we are successful, they are successful and the staff is feeling happy. It comes down to uh, making sure that your staff is feeling, you know, like looked after and happy and and feel that they are part of
0: the business. That flows down into the culture, the experience within the stores and just the quality, consistency and freshness of the food as well. Yes,
1: I mean, that's an old saying, but an unhappy chef and you will not have a a good tasty dish.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that is very true. And and look, you've worked in hospitality for a long time and the obvious being COVID has really created a shift in the industry. But what are some of the other shifts you've seen over your time in the industry around competition, consumer expectations, behaviours, etc.?
1: Yeah, as I said, you know, either when they come in store, they want to have an, an amazing, you know, customer experience. If they're dragging themselves from the sofa and coming in and, and dining in with you, they really want to feel that experience. So it's going to demand even more to making sure that we are transforming them to, if it's Italy or Asia in our case, you know, like it's it's going to demand more to creating that experience in store. But when it also comes to that convenience, people are not going to let go of this. So that's going to be a chance. They're going to want it faster, smoother, and more efficient than ever. And they want to get it right. That's another, you know, like ongoing challenge. And then I think to broaden our spectrum, you know, I think as a business, we need to work much more with collaboration, shopping shop, because the biggest expenses that we have is, you know, the labor and and the rents. So if we are going to be more convenient and a little bit still on takeaway, do we need those big footprints? If not, what are we using with those, with those assets? How can we making sure that We are utilizing our kitchens to do more second brands or cloud brands, or can we get in as a shop and shop? So it's a lot of things that we as a business need to ensure that how do we optimize our current assets and how do we create that convenience without being a tech company, if you're not Domino's, to the customers with a high experience? And when they're coming in and dining in, how do they get the experience? So... We had to have so many hats on and making sure that we can deliver on all of them and making it in a smooth way. So for a brand, it's really coming down to making sure that you know who you are and you deliver on that experience and not trying to be too much. Because then keeping all of those hats is not going to work.
0: Has there been a trend that surprised you or that you didn't see coming? We
1: wouldn't have foreseen the fact that we were needed to, you know, like uh, close and shut and close and shut and this uh, staff shortage. I don't think that people would have foreseen that, that it would be like a bidding game on staff. I think what COVID though has done is it's forced everyone to be much more quicker and savvy on the convenience and the digital platforms. You know, something that needed to happen, but we were forced to make it happen quicker. Because of COVID, all of these, you know, order a table and app and, uh, you know, e-commerce sites, our own delivery platforms, knowing our customers, having a single source of customer views and communicating with them uh, based on their demands. That is things that's always been on the cards and everyone's been talking about it forever. I think COVID just made us understand that we needed to speed it up much quicker.
0: Yeah, that, that acceleration has been palatable um, across the industry. What's next for Peanut? What does the future look like? Are you looking to expand? Are you different business models? You sort of, you touched on cloud kitchens and the like.
1: Yeah. So we're looking at opening, you know, probably two, three stores Uh the Store location is key for us, you know, like, so really making sure we're opening where we think we're going to have a, a big footprint, both for dining in and, and takeaway. So that's extremely important for us. We wouldn't open if not both of those two it will be satisfying and the demographic will add up for that. But then much more sweating the assets, you know, like with the kitchen that we have, opening more second cloud brands. We already have Wukonin as a cloud brand, which we have rebranded and it goes really Good is only available uh, on our aggregators and our own e-commerce platform. You cannot come in and, and buy a walk-on-in on peanuts. And we had a very successful collaboration with Diana Shan, a former master chef. And we are looking at if that could be expanded and looking into other uh, cloud brand and dumpling brands. So making sure we do more collaboration and shop and shop and optimizing our current assets with more cloud brands. Saying so, we need crowdbounds that not everything happens between 6 and 8 p.m.
0: <laughs> correct me if my memory serves me wrong, but Walk On In was the original name of Peanut prior to Anchor purchasing those first original stores, yes, is that right? Yes, that's,
1: cor- that's yeah. correct. And then right. with so- Chef Nut coming on board, they rebranded it because the concept
0: got twisted
1: and without sources from Thailand.
0: Yeah, amazing. And I I suspect they probably never thought 10 years later it would come back as this new thing called a cloud brand.
1: No, no.
0: That's fantastic. What a great place to close. This has been a fantastic conversation. Really appreciate the time, your insights, and for sharing the peanut journey with us today.
1: Thank you for having me. Looking forward to speak to you soon.
0: For more episodes and great conversations with industry leaders, head to mobihq.com.